welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talk's podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you doing? I'm doing good, how are you doing today? Doing alright, doing good. Uh, it's our first episode back of 2021, I hope that everybody had a good Christmas, whatever you were able to actually do for Christmas, uh, and having a good start to the year. Um, how was your Christmas and New Year? Uh, for the most part... Uh uneventful um mm. my parents live in florida they're retired so they spend the winter not being cold which i absolutely don't blame them <laughs> and all my other family has their own family so i was pretty much solo for christmas and new years um big shout out to my buddy jordan who way overspent on me for christmas i didn't ask him to and i kind of feel guilty that i didn't but he got me one of the big 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 like full-size Johnny Silverhand cyberpunk statues and oh. a book to go along with it. I'll, I never got around to sending you the photos. I'll send you the photos after we're done recording, but it's super cool. cool. Um, and I'm not even that much into stuff. I'm just like, wow. I, just wow. Mm. Um, Game-wise, like I said, I kind of backburnered uh, um, cyberpunk until I can either figure out a way to get it on my PC or the the Series X starts coming out in stock. So I've been kind of pushing my way through uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It's kind of in a really weird state for me because I don't dislike the game. It's, you know, functionally it's pretty good. I don't really have any game-breaking breaking bugs or anything like that. Uh, kind of the biggest problem with for me right now is that there's no real balance between the in-animus stuff and the out-animus stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, not really a spoiler because it's part of the process, um, when you first start the game, you're in Norway, and then when you finish the stuff and leave Norway, that's the end of the quote-quote tutorial, and then you have a bit of stuff outside the Animus, then you go back in, and that's kind of the main game. Unfortunately, I'm 70 hours into the game now, and I've yet to trigger an event that takes me outside of the Animus for outside of the Animus story. So I don't know if I'm just not doing the right quests or the right world events, or whatever. Um, in terms of the Templars that you have to kill for you know, the Ancient Order, I've knocked off about half of them. Uh-huh. So it's not a lack of progress in that. Um, and, I just, and it's one of those things that if, they have, if there's no Animus and that wasn't even a thing, you know, I'd probably be enjoying the game more. Um, and if there was like way too much Animus, obviously I'd be complaining about that because then that's taking you from the character that you're trying to play in Eivor. Mm-hmm. But just, you know, a little bit of it to try to give you more of why you're doing this in a direction would be nice. The only time that ever pops up is every now and then when you're wandering around an area, you'll see a world event and you'll go up to it and then there's a, an animus uh, anomaly. And then you do some basic, and very, very basic parkouring slash puzzle solving. And you'll get like a little video clip from the Isu or whatever the hell they're called, like the, the precursors to the human race. Um, and I'm sure that's where the story is, but since they're just generic world events that you don't even identify as anomalies until you're like right up on them, there's no way to really track them down and do more of that outside of like going to a fac or, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So that's the interesting thing with me with Assassin's Creed. I know uh must have been a couple of months ago now when I talked about like just dropping out the series and just kind of trying to be done with the series is they had the story with Desmond it actually connected 
properly and better to uh, the ancestors, which was Altair, Ezio, Connor, and a few others. But mainly Ezio and Altair. There was a really strong story there. You ditched the story with Desmond. You then changed it. Changed it so that, like, in one game you're whatever, and then you're a Viking. um, Which doesn't make a ton of sense. And they, I feel like Ubisoft's put themselves into a, a problematic situation where now with a lot of people I just hear like, okay, just, just ditch the anima stuff and just give me this like anthology type of story in uh, the Ancestor timeline. Like just don't worry about the anima stuff. And then there's people like me that are like, okay, I really miss the Desmond story, things that you were doing. That's not there anymore. You changed it. Now the animus and... Uh, um, I'll say old timeline, whatever, don't connect properly, or at least nowhere near as good as they used to. And now I sort of like, okay, what what do you do with the series now? Um, because uh, I mean, there are certain people that you know just want to ditch the animus stuff, and then there's people like me that have dropped out because they haven't t- entirely dropped it, but they haven't put enough effort into it, and. I also don't care as much about the older timeline because it doesn't connect properly and it's just disconnected now and I feel like the series has kind of fallen apart because of that. But to some people there's still this thing of like oh cool I get to play as a viking and do this and that and whatever and they like the the main characters. Those people are probably still going to enjoy like the future games depending on the theme that they choose like for this year and next year the year after whenever. Um, But what, what Assassin's Creed used to be it's just not that same thing anymore so yeah and it's not like the viking stuff is not fun you know Mm. sailing in the ship and listening to the songs or hearing like the the stories that's super fun um you know doing the flighting which is you know a a precursor like rap battles or playing uh or uh their bones you know dice game things like that they're fun little distractions when you're hiding out in a city and you know looking for which way to go and to find your gear and whatever you know that's all totally fun as side objects but it's just one of those things they either need more outside the animus stuff to give you context of why you're researching this outside of like the the literal two minute audio file that the, you can play between the prologue and the main game mm. or they just needed to ditch it all completely i mean if this was a brand new ip just happened to be like assassin's creed style ish mm-hmm. without actually being assassin's creed and like take out like the assassin stuff, but just do like the rating and the, the, um, the alliance making and things like that. You know, I would it have sold as well as it did. Probably not. Mm-hmm. Would it probably be well, better well received. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See what they should have done. And it's now too late to do is finish the Desmond storyline properly and then just reboot the series and move on to a new protagonist. But, and then you could, and then you could have actually moved on to like, okay, here's the Vikings or the pirates, and you know what the the other things that people want to do. Um, that way, you would have left somebody like me more satisfied with, because um, it's it's kind of like the it's basically like the Matrix, isn't it? Like ne- mm-hmm. Neo goes into this machine, he experiences whatever, and it ties together. It doesn't tie together properly anymore, um, and that's where I kind of fell off. And it, it's interesting for me because I remember the the game after they finished. Desmond's story and I was like oh they'll they'll pick this up and like go somewhere with this new person we're playing as and next game no it didn't go anywhere with it next game no it didn't go anywhere with it and then about five or six games have passed since then and then I kind of just thought to myself you're you're not going to go back there are you and like do something with it 
So, but you know, people that want to enjoy just you know fighting as a Viking, whatever. If you're enjoying that, that's that's cool as well. So it's just not uh, not not what I want from the series. So yeah, I'm never gonna hate on somebody for liking a game. Everybody yeah, has different yeah. tastes. I mean, go on to any you know Facebook group that talks about food. You can't get ten people to agree on a combination of toppings of pizza. <laughs> um, but past that, you know, it's just one of those things that, like I said before. Mm-hmm. Either more animus, animus stuff or no animus stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, just pick I'm, one I'm of the two. Either one would be perfectly fine with me. Yeah. Um, but I'm just, I'm literally just, I'm not even doing like the main story now because you have a power level and I'm not at a high enough power level to do the last couple, three things. So I'm just doing like other stuff to get like skill points and whatever. Mm-hmm. Trying to get, you know, some, some animus stuff to trigger or, or even a reason to leave it. Unless. I'm completely missing it, and you manually have to leave, and then there's like a ton of stuff waiting for me, which when we get done recording, I might actually look to see if that's the case, and if that's the case, and I'm just a massive tool. (laughs) Um, Mm. But then again, it never gives you any kind of instructions to tell you that. that. I'm sorry, what? To to be fair, the game should kind of tell you that. Yeah, 100%. It's given me no direction to say, hey, you need to check out something outside the the Matrix, for lack of a better term. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, anything else that you played? A uh, little bit of this, a little bit of that. Nothing super, you know, intensive. I got a game coming, but it's not going to come until next week, and I'm going to need at least a week or two playing it to talk about it. So that'll be like a future podcast thing. Cool. Cool. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about Cyberpunk for a bit. Where did you end up with that? Um, I finished the chapter one, and I was a bit into chapter two, but just it. I didn't really have a ton of bugs. Uh, the biggest one that I encountered repeatedly was my hair was never loading in. Um, so that's not really a game break or anything like that. It's just graphically it wasn't there. The AIs weren't there. Um, it just wasn't a complete experience. Mm-hmm. And obviously there's been a lot of things happening with CD Projekt Red, which I don't really want to get into because everybody's talked to that to death by now. Yeah. Um, they lost a good chunk of my respect in terms of how they handled everything. As much as I would have hated another big delay, they really should have delayed it till at least March to mm. iron everything out. Yeah. Um, obviously, we would have been pissed at that happening, but as I said, I don't know how many times on this podcast, you know, a bad game can always be patched into a good game, but a bad launch is always going to be a bad launch, and this was a bad launch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm kind of on the same boat. I have actually sent the game back. Uh, I've not like deleted my save, or I mean, there's no reason for me to delete my save. Uh, I've not uninstalled the game or whatever. Um, I I don't know what chapter or act I got to, um, but I got to a certain point in the game, and the story was fine. The narrative was fine. Uh, the gameplay and stuff was fine. Um, the the world itself was was all right. Uh, the the main problem I had and where I stopped playing it wasn't because of any bugs or glitches actually, which really surprised me. Um, the frame rate for me. Um, I went into, I think it was three different missions, and uh, it, it's weird because whenever I used a shotgun, pistol, sniper, or any any sort of gun that's like single fire. Or like grenades, obviously, is, is fine as well. It would be fine. I remember I got this um, assault rifle, and it had this cool little sort of uh, not night vision. What's the word I'm looking for? 
sort of night vision type of scope, like a thermal scope, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, I had like a thermal type of scope or whatever, that was really cool. I started with shooting with it and the frame rate was just dropping and dropping and I thought like, okay, I'll, I'll try it a little bit more, see if it sort of improves. And it just never did. Um, I picked up this really big, um, just this really big assault rifle sort of machine gun, like a light machine gun sort of thing. Started with shooting with that, the same thing happened. So my game basically isn't able to handle me shooting a fully automatic gun. Um, I don't know about like burst assault rifles, I haven't really found any of them. Uh, found a couple of smart weapons, they were good, not as good as I was kind of expecting. Um, found a katana, that was quite good. It's just, I, I'm not going to keep playing through the game if like, okay, every time I use an assault rifle, which the one I got was quite good. Um, like, am I not supposed to use that gun or something? And like, I just didn't want to accept that, really. Um, but like, I got some shotguns, they were good, the pistols were a mixed bag. Um, but I was sort of like, okay, I want to use this assault rifle, I want to just sort of go through the game. The narrative started picking up a little bit, and then there was still, outside of the assault rifle that I was using, in the story there was like weird frame rate drops, and when I was driving sometimes as well, and the controls would kind of let things down a bit, and I just thought like, you know what, they do need to patch this game, um, I'm not going to have it take up a rental slot and wait like two months or whatever, because uh, then that's two months of rental slots that I've, I've used up, uh, so I sent the game back, it has been received, um, and I'm just gonna wait, because they did say, I think it was last month maybe, that there was supposed to be a patch coming in January and in February, so, we'll wait for that, they've got to be working on something for this game, surely, just to, I only really want the frame rate to be better, and then I'll go back to the game, because everything else was fine to good, um, yeah, I just don't think it's gonna play that well, I just want it slightly better. <laughs> For the yeah, rate. until it gets like a until you get a PS5 or you get it get mm-hmm. a new PC to where you can run good PC games. Just the more that I played it, the more that it felt like this is really kind of a a next generation game, and it kind of should have been. Mm. Um, Part of me kind of thinks should I just wait until I get a PS5 and then just play it on that, but I have no idea when that's going to be. So yeah, to be yeah. fair, most people don't. Yeah, yeah. For, both in terms of when there's going to be some in stock and second of when I'm when I would actually get one. So because I'm good with my PS4 at the moment. So, um, but yeah, I decided to just send it back and uh, you know once they patch it and if I hear that things are better on uh, just for the record, I'm playing on base PS4, not a launch PS4. My my PS4 isn't that old. Uh, it's only about three years old. Um, so it's still a relatively good performing game. I just if you can put the frame rates up a little bit and make it more enjoyable in that sense then I'll then I'll go back um so because there were some things I was enjoying about the game but it's just those frame rates really let it down um I mean I've seen tons and tons of compilations of glitches and bugs I haven't had anything like those things happen in my game like where your car falls through the world and your car flips through the world and um like you you glitch into a t-pose above your bike and um yeah I haven't. Had, well, have you had any sort of bugs and glitches? Because I've seen some crazy, crazy things that have. With the uh, cyberpunk, outside of the hair loading up and occasionally, yeah, I had like my health bar. The numbers wouldn't show. You know, okay. I've had small glitches here and there, but every game has small glitches. Mm-hmm. Um, I hardly ever use it to post videos, but I have a video on my YouTube channel from Fallout Four to where I had just gotten dog meat, and like a little mole rat jumps up. 
and dog meat goes after and attacks the mole rat, and then it just glitch jumps like 60 feet in the air. <laughs> kind of like that old glitch from uh, Red Dead 2 where you'd see the bird animations replaced with people and people were just flying across the stream. Huh. Yeah, it was just yeah. it was just the dog attacking the the mole rat and it was just going up and 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 up. Mm-hmm. And then just kills it and lands on the ground like nothing happened. <laughs> yeah. I saw so bugs, a, are, bugs happen. Yeah. I saw a um a video compilation again yesterday and uh there's some sort of glitch in the game where if you've got a melee weapon like a blunt melee weapon. So I don't think it works with like a machete and you hit a fat person. Um, they'll like fly through the air. I don't know if it works on skinnier characters, but mainly for some reason, mainly with flat people, they'll just fly through the air when you hit them. <laughs> so Yeah, but see, I've know. seen that in State of Decay 2 to where the big juggernauts, mm-hmm. if you if you kill them by exclusively um, putting grenades at their feet, the third grenade, when it goes off, they get... Sit, soaring into the air, team rocket style. Mm-hmm. That's quite. That's quite good in that situation. <laughs> yeah, because those things suck. Mm. Yep. Oh, the two. Just warning, listeners. The two dogs are barking at each other. So. Yeah, and I forgot to put my phone on silent, which is what that beeping was. Okay. Um. But yeah, they're they're communicating now. Uh. So apologies if you, if you hear that. Um. What else did I want to talk about in terms of things we've been playing? Um, so uh, the guys over at Kind of Funny, Greg and Andy and Tim and all those lot, uh, decided they were doing this. I think they called it a book club for January for uh, Bloodborne. And uh, Greg put out this 90-minute video. It was him, Andy, and one of the other guys, I think. And they were basically walking him through like the first 90 minutes of Bloodborne. So I installed the game, I took some of the like the tips that they all kind of came out with and you know, the, the way that Greg was playing the game and stuff. Uh, basically there's there's been this sort of kind of resurrection of the game on, on Twitter, a lot of people kind of uh, talking about Bloodborne and, and basically just trying it again. So I kind of joined in with the crowd, I uh, decided to boot it up. Uh, this is my sixth restart in Bloodborne, now every time I do go back to Bloodborne I do actually do a new game. Um, just because it's, it's, it's good to kind of start fresh. I've gotten further than what I ever have. Um, I don't know if you know, like, the names of the, um, bosses in the game, but I got to the Cleric Beast, which is basically the first main boss. Uh, there's some other bosses here and there that are, are smaller ones. Uh, got to that boss, uh, did pretty well against him the other day, got him to down about a quarter of his health. Uh, it's basically my stamina that, that let me down, so I need to get that upgraded. Um, I did decide to put the game down after that for a couple of days. That's that's kind of the way you'll need to play something like Bloodborne. You can't just stick it on for like three, four hours. Because uh, you will get frustrated, you will need to step away. So I'm trying to mix that in with other things that I'm playing at the moment. And just trying to sort of take my time with it. Um, what's your kind of relationship with the, the Soulsborne series? Never played a second of any of the games. Okay. Cool. Do you have any interest to do so, or not? Not at all, really. Uh, not really. I mean, I don't hate on the games. I have no problem with somebody making a game intentionally being hard. It's just right. not a style of game that I go with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of echo those thoughts as well. But every time I every time I see someone play one of those games, whether it's Sekiro, Sekiro or Bloodborne or Dark Souls, it's like, okay, this looks like an interesting challenge, and that always kind of um interests me to to pursue the actual challenge but i've got further than what i've ever got i don't know if i'll finish the game or what will happen it'll always be sitting there on my playstation it's a it's a ps plus game anyway that that i got from ages ago 
so we'll see how it goes but uh, I just wanted to update with that and then the last thing that I've gone back to uh, the thing that I'm kind of mixing in at the moment is uh, Last of Us 2 I'm doing my collectibles playthrough I'm basically watching this uh, video from I think it's called PlayStation 5 Trophies on YouTube it's got like an hour 50 minute video and it uh, just goes through the different story beats and where you can uh, find like the uh, the different collectibles and things and where you can find like workbenches and stuff um, so I'm going through that uh, basically just playing the game until I get to the next collectible or whatever watch the video find out where to go to next and then just just kind of go from there so got that going on played a little bit of Call of Duty that's been kind of the usual sort of thing not too much to update there and um, interesting kind of developments with uh, Boomerang so I think as I've explained before Boomerang is the rental service that I use and uh, it's been very very good I think I've had it for three years now roughly I think I've had it because I got it around the time I did have my PlayStation 4 so yeah but around, around, around about three years or so um, they sent me dark pictures uh what's the the, the 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 new game from that anthology series i can't remember the exact name <clears throat> and they sent me uh spider-man miles morales as well um i got sent those games before christmas and then because i'm in the uk <clears throat> and we've had like a well the whole world's kind of in a covid crisis but uh things got worse over here we're now in full lockdown like tier four or whatever uh, basically, Royal Mail's been hit really badly with it, and we haven't had any posts for like three weeks, so I haven't got the games yet, so I can't talk about uh, playing those yet, so that's the kind of next rental games that I'm going to be playing, so uh, yeah, that's pretty much a full update of almost everything, I just remembered, uh, I did sign up to Game Pass again, and um, I finally finished Ori, Ori and the Will of the Wisps fantastic fantastic game um i regret not finishing it last year because then it would have been in my best and worst of 2020 list um but the game does a lot of things really really well the um i mean it's just it's just excellent in all the ways it tries to be really really good uh the chase sequences are probably the most thrilling that's probably where the game's best moments come in uh it's got an amazing soundtrack which really helps as well uh, it's got a good sense of progression, like when when you get new abilities and things. So that's really really good, and uh, overall just a far, thoroughly enjoyable experience. It's going to be very interesting to see. Now I'm not going to spoil the game, where they go with the franchise from the end of the second game. I don't know. I don't know if there's another game in development or what they're going to do, but we shall see. So, uh, have you played any of the Ori games? Yeah, I played a bit of the first one because um, I grew up on old school, you know, Metroidvania style um, platformers. Mm-hmm. I forget what game it was that came out that made me drop off that because um, that was a while ago. That was way before the second one came out. Mm-hmm. Um, very emotionally touching game. It's Definitely. not sad so much as it is, I guess, melancholy would be the best way to describe it. Um it's got a whole yeah, cool theme to it. Yeah, very, very uh, heartstring pulling kind of a game. Yeah, great platformer, solid, solid <coughs> game, excellent, uh, absolute must try. It at some point I will, you know, go back to it. But my backlog's like ninety games deep at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, cool. All right, so that's what we've been playing. Uh, let's get into a bit of housekeeping. We'll see you for all of that in a minute. 
Hi there and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links. The first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up Kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcast over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month, so one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film, we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month. And then when it gets to the next month, you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice. That's $3 level tier. That does also, of course, include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, it's not on the website yet, but uh, big developments with Manchester United. Uh, we beat Burnley tonight by a goal to nil. And Manchester United are now three points clear at the top of the Premier League for the first time in eight years, I think. At least at this side of Christmas, uh, on the on the January side of Christmas. Um, so we're three points clear at the top of the league against Liverpool. And we've got Liverpool on Sunday. Probably the biggest game that we've had in eight years. And we'll see how it goes. Hopefully we can defend well because we did today. Um, but very, very positive in terms of what's going on there. We did also recently sign um, Ahmed Diallo, uh, who's who's kind of a young prospect uh, player who's been put in the reserves seemingly at the moment. Uh, there's also talk about uh, a couple of players leaving as well, unfortunately, and we'll see how that all goes. Of course, we're in January, so the January transfer window is currently happening. Uh, on the other side of the United cast, uh, we did progress in the FA Cup, beating Watford by a goal to nil, so that was very good. Uh, chat podcast for December talking about December 2020 and overall how 2020 went for entertainment talk bit of COVID talk as well talking about how things are going over here and just some a bit bit of sort of chatter about that um, Q1 plans entertainment talks rough Q1 plans for 2021 we don't have dates for things necessarily but rough ideas as to what we're going to sort of be covering at the start of the year or what we're going to be sort of doing and also talked a little bit about Christmas as well uh, speaking of things that we're doing, um, I did talk about and launch the uh, Last of Us podcast that I've been meaning to launch for a little bit of time. It's called The World of Last of Us because it's going to be covering 
the world of the last of us uh, it's going to be talking about of course the naughty dog video game series which i'm a huge huge fan of i'm sure if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time uh, that you'll already know that um but uh, yeah it's going to be talking about that both the the past present and future of the naughty dog series and the upcoming uh, hbo tv series from craig mazin and neil Druckmann. so it's going to be covering both of those things and uh, i'll hopefully have the first uh, official episode soon there is some episodes in the feed already from where i've previously talked about the game for other reasons as well so that's that it is available on itunes as well so you can go and subscribe to it if you search for the world of the last of us or if you search for entertainment talk on your favorite podcast platform star trek discovery has wrapped up for season three there is a season four in development it's been renewed and is in production of course they've got the challenge of covid just like everybody else has got uh, but did a wrap-up podcast for that talked about the finale and uh, where they could go and just yeah, you know, just overall just talking about star trek discovery so I talked about that uh, manchester united did get knocked out of the semi-final with the carabao cup very disappointing there was a two nil defeat at home to manchester city um don't know if you know about this uh, i've launched a mini a very mini podcast series it's called a month of positive creators talking about uh, creators on youtube and twitch and um you know people that have got blogs youtube channels twitch channels podcasts you know that sort of content creation basically a bit like what we do here um so i've selected four people there's going to be four episodes in the month of January and the first of which which was released last week is talking about Bex Bex Trista who's done work here on Entertainment Talk uh, works on Geek Town as well uh, she's on this week's Geek Town radio episode and of course does have her own Twitch channel as well which is Trista Bites highly recommend that you go and follow her over there Trista Bites on Twitch go and check her out I've just dropped my phone <laughs> um, uh, yeah I mean is... I, I'm I'm a big fan of Bex I've been following her stream for a while um, and People that have been longtime followers know that I did the first two episodes of Swimming Upstream where I was interviewing streamers. Um, at some point, I did want to interview Bex, but I was kind of focusing more on people outside of the Entertainment Talk slash Geek Town uh, sphere because those both of those spheres interact fairly heavily in a Venn diagram. And so yeah. I was basically concentrating on finding good, decent people to talk to that are streamers outside of that. Uh, and so I got a couple other people I'm looking at. I just It's one of those things that... I want to spend a lot of time learning about the person so I can do a better interview. Um, and that's, a, that's a professional level on me. Plus I just want to make sure they're not horrible people. Definitely. Um, yeah. so, yeah. Um, so yeah, this isn't an interview series that I'm doing. It's just me talking about, uh, why they're positive creators, where you can go and find them, what they do, that kind of thing. So there's that. Uh, and of course the other big podcast that we did at the end of last year is talking about the best and worst of 2020, which is for TV video games and films and that's what we've been doing on entertainment talk and on entertainmenttalk.org let's move into the news all right i will go first this time uh, i've got a couple of big stories both from uh well fox and sort of lucasfilm in a way the first of which is a smaller story than the second one uh, or at least a little bit smaller to me uh, Lucasfilm Games has been resurrected and uh, as a new banner for Star Wars games but of course they do have to deal with EA at the moment with games such as Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront the multiplayer game and uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order that deal with EA is going to expire in 2023 so that's still a little bit of a ways off about two years or so so that's going to be happening and then the other big piece of news that we had uh, i'm kind of putting these two things together they're both lucasfilm related 
There is an Indiana Jones game in development from Machine Games, who are the Wolfenstein developers. Um, and that is, of course, under the Fox banner, because Indiana Jones is a Fox property, or technically now a Disney property. Um, but, uh, yeah, they've teamed up with Bethesda, with uh, the Wolfenstein developers, Machine Games, and are going to be making an Indiana Jones video game. And the interesting thing to this, it's not going to be based off of a story from the films. It's going to be based off a new story within the world of uh indiana jones sort of uh as we did the pre-talk for this you said that you um wanted to have some of course input on the indiana jones um story here yeah basically it's more of a history lesson than anything else because this is something that was very prominent in video games in the long ago before four time and i'm talking about like the early to late 80s falling into the 90s Mm -hmm. uh so lucasfilm originally was kind of an independent game creator slash publisher. Of course, back then there were no like strict publishers. You made your game, then you published your game and that was pretty much it. Uh, but Lucas films, some of the early games are some of like the best, you know, rated reviewed and known retro games. And that also gave us the likes of Ronald, Ronald Gilbert and Tim Schafer and people like that. Uh, so some of the more notable games, uh, Maniac Mansion, X-Wing vs. TIE Fighter, Day of the Tentacle, the Monkey Island series, Full Throttle, uh, Star Wars Rogue Squadron and Rogue Squadron 2 to stay on the, the Star Wars theme, uh, the Sam and Max series, and of course Grim Fandango, which is part of Game Pass and Game Pass Ultimate. So you absolutely have to check that out if you have either one of those. Um, they did do a previous Indiana Jones game. It was called Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. Um, very classic point-and-click adventure game that was released back in 1992. As for the history, um, back in 2012, Disney spent $4 billion to acquire Lucasfilm and all the Star Wars multimedia rights and empires, including the games. Six months later, in April 2013, they shit can the whole development team and the entire studio into oblivion um so it is kind of weird that they're bringing this back as a franchise and as a game but as someone who grew up on these games and remember these games i'm all for it cool nice um so we'll talk about the internet indiana jones things first and then talk about star wars seeing as we're on the subject of indiana jones um what's your sort of anticipation level for this game i know it's very early yet but given who's involved you know it's it's obviously microsoft behind this uh bethesda Mm -hmm. and um machine games got the lucasfilm thing here indiana jones is the core ip uh how do you think that's all gonna go it really depends on the writing and who's writing the game yeah um if it's somebody that we haven't heard of but is coming at it from a completely fresh start then it has a halfway decent chance of being good if it's somebody that's trying to follow along like the Harrison Ford kind of style and storyline, kind of, you know, that's going to be a 50-50 because, you know, Fate of Atlantis and the other point-and-click adventure games nominally were Harrison Ford, at least in terms of the visual aesthetics they were kind of hinted at. Now, granted, this is 1992, so there was no, oh, that looks exactly like Harrison Ford or that it looks exactly like this person. Mm-hmm. You know, these were just, you know, 16 slash 32 bit pixel level graphics that kind of sort of resembled this person or that person. So we're not talking, you know, 
you know, wrote a, you know, we're not talking like photorealistic kind of stuff here. So, mm-hmm. um, Bethesda having it, I think that's a decent chance for them to do something awesome. Whether or not they do really kind of depends on how much influence Microsoft has on the property in terms of getting their head out of their asses for both the tech they use, the graphics engine they use, and just how they make games. But this does put three really huge um, projects on Todd Howard's head and Phil Spencer's kind of collectively as the executive producers of yeah. this game because that's and the Starfield seven billion dollars that have been spent. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but then when you think about the three prop, the two main properties that we already knew about, uh, Skyrim, uh, well, Elder Scrolls Six, whatever the hell they wind up calling it, and Starfield, those two games alone could either completely bury or resurrect to new heights that that IP and both of those IPs and Bethesda as a company. Um, then you add this third one, which has a decent amount of nostalgia factor for gamers that are my age and a great chance to introduce gamers that are your age mm. into kind of a retro but modern-ish style. Yeah. So the potential, for lack of a better word, is damn near infinite. The execution is going to be everything. That's the question. Yeah. yeah. And until we get actual gameplay and not a 40-second teaser trailer, <laughs> no way of knowing. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's a case where, okay, Bethesda hasn't done well in the last, to say, few years, whatever, with with, with recent games, with the exception of Doom. But that was... Um, id Software. id Software. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that was id Software. Um it's a case for me where, okay, Microsoft spent a lot, like a lot of money on this Bethesda acquisition. And this is, this this game particularly, like, as well as Tokyo Ghostwire are going to do and Elder Scrolls and uh, Starfield, whatever. Um, Indiana Jones is really huge. And it's going to just depend for me, like, okay, you you got to, first of all, Bethesda got to make a new engine. Because uh, you can't use like the Fallout seventy six engine with with an Indiana Jones game, which is going to be let, let, say what twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four, maybe at best. Yeah, yeah. De- depends how much development has been done, but this seems like a fairly maybe it's been in development for about a year or something. If I was to take a if I was to take a guess at it, um, it's just going to depend for me. Like, okay, Bethesda can make very good video games they have done in the past I'm not denying that like Wolfenstein the one that was before the most recent one uh, was a very good game uh, which led to me being disappointed in its sequel the most recent game Fallout hasn't been very good Doom has been good Um, the Wolfenstein VR game wasn't very good so they've had a very mixed bag is this going to depend for me like okay this Microsoft acquisition that's huge can that influence and actually improve Bethesda and that res- can can that result in a in the Indiana Jones game that we should get from this? Because um, there's there's a lot of money available to be <clears throat> put into this game, uh, especially with Microsoft's influence and money, and they own the situation, I suppose, uh, or own at least Bethesda in this situation. Uh, but I don't know. It's like I mean I don't have like much or any nostalgia for. Indiana Jones um, and that kind of thing so my, my level of anticipation there is kind of none because I just don't really have any but the potent- the possibility of a really good Indiana Jones game is is very possible here it just depends on can, can Microsoft sort of push Bethesda 
to, to to just make a better game than what they've done recently. So we'll have to see how that goes. Um, yeah, and I would I would have to respectfully dis- uh, disagree that Indiana Jones is a huge in terms of franchise. I mean, in terms of movie, the last movie they did was Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls in 2008, a, and that was an absolute name sh- still, I think. I mean, it's a big name, but I mean, it literally hasn't done a movie in 12 years. And the last one it did was a total shit bomb. Um, unless people think you can survive a nuclear explosion by hiding in a refrigerator. Um, it was tanked at the theaters. You know, it's only got like a 6.1 rating on IMDb. I mean, it's still recognizable in the sense of, hey, that's Harrison Ford. And there's always the, the fun fan theory that all the Indiana Jones movies are just uh, carbonite hallucinations when Han Solo was frozen between uh, two and three of the original Star Wars trilogy. Hmm. Um, but past that, I mean, it's not relevant in terms of what has been done recently mm-hmm. for it. But could be made more relevant. With, oh, with absolutely, 100%. So, yeah. Um, this game could absolutely bring it back into more relevance. And, and but... with whatever they're going to do with the next film. So. Ugh, don't, ugh, don't give me fever dreams about the next film. <laughs> so... The last see. thing we need is more Shia LaBeouf doing Son of Indiana Jones. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so we shall see how that all goes, but uh, lots of um, elements at play there. Uh, let's move to the other big Lucasfilm story, of course the one that I just mentioned. Lucasfilm Games resurrected as a new banner for Star Wars games, but the EA deal is still in place. Um, how do you see this going? And honestly, with, with until the future of Star Wars games, I guess, until all the ink is dried and we know the full details of everything, nothing is up in the air. Yeah. I mean, technically, the Microsoft Bethesda purchase isn't even finished yet. I don't think that's going to get done, done, done until like May or June, assuming no more delays from COVID. Um, might even go as late as October, November, depending on how things roll out. Um, yeah, Disney owning basically any relevant IP at this point does give them a lot more leverage. Um, I am glad that EA is losing those IPs. Definitely. Granted, that's not till 2023. Uh, so we got a couple more years of that, plus depending on when the contracts technically expire. But, I mean, EA hasn't done anything great. I mean, we talk about Bethesda, and, you know, Fallout 76 was a total fail on launch. They've eventually patched it to a playable state and a halfway decent state you know state but that's taken what two years at a minimum anthem is dead and it's not coming back um what happened with the revival for that game they're still working on that from what i understand they're going to completely start from scratch from the ground up and completely rebuild that game Mm. that won't won't cost more money (laughs) no and and whether they call it um you know, Anthem 2 and make everybody buy it again or they just relaunch Anthem and everybody that's already bought it still has it, you know, is yet to be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Mass Effect Andromeda was a total nightmare at launch. Um, they even canceled DLC, which I can't honestly remember the last time a DLC for a game was canceled. Yeah. Um, trying to think of what else. I mean, we do have the Mass Effect trilogy relaunch coming up yeah but whether it's an actual you know remaster ground up full 4k hd everything Mm -hmm. 
We or if it's just yet, so. yeah, or if it's just like the trilogy up-res like they put out for the PS3 and PS4 a while back. Still don't know. That'll probably get done in like Marchish, yeah. from what I'm hearing, but no, no hard lock dates. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm thinking with the EA side of this, right? Um, let's just assume at the moment that Fallen Order Two is in development. If you probably put another Battlefront game out, Battlefront Three, um, have that come out before Jedi Fallen Order, because there's been more time game-wise and and time-wise for that to be in development put a if you put a battlefront 2 out either this year or next year and then 2023 happens release fall release fallen order 2 hopefully it's a very good game and that can just be ea's like swan song to, to to star wars then let the contract end and then if you do a jedi fallen order 3 or whatever you do after that that can just be moved to Lucasfilm games. I know it's not as I know it's not all as simple as that, but um, to me that's the ideal way that you that you do things. Um, I mean, I don't care if a Battlefront three gets made because I don't know if I'll actually play it, but that, there'll probably be another one. I'd, I'd be more surprised if there wasn't one than if there um, if there was. Uh, but yeah, th- t- two years time, you can probably get two more games out in that time, maybe. Um, and we're only at the start of 2021, so you got let's let's say two and a bit years, give or take. Um, maybe you can do that, and then that can just be a, a a goodbye sort of thing. I don't know. How how do you how do you see that going? Uh, hard telling. I mean, Fallen Order was a pretty solid game. Yeah, um, I, liked it. I I wouldn't say like top tier, mm-hmm. solid eight. You know, I mean, if you're doing on a letter grading scale, it's a solid B, maybe B minus at worst. Um, I did have to drop from like normal mode to story mode to finish the final boss, but that's just because I didn't do a whole lot of the side quest stuff. I was mostly interested in the story, mm-hmm. and so I was way underpowered in terms of this and that and the other for the final boss. Um, yeah. And I didn't feel like you know backing out three or four saves and retrying everything. Um, so I just dropped it down to story mode and finished it off. Plus, the ending I'd already had had accidentally spoiled for me anyway. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't mind a second game. Um, just kind of depends on where they went with the story-wise because of how they ended the first one. Um, I'm not quite sure what the motivation they would have, but you know that could be easily sorted out. The The biggest problem, honestly, with any kind of sequel like that is trying to explain why you don't have the skills you had in the first game. I guess so. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, do you think they could do those like as like a last two kind of games depends on the development cycle it's something that could definitely get seriously done whether or not it finishes before the contract in and they have to hand the work back over then whether they are not depending on the contracts if they can even use that uh content and coding or have to start over from scratch very hard telling Mm, we'll see uh i was just looking up i did actually review star wars jedi fallen order it was a spoiler free review in december 2019 so if you want my thoughts on the game i mean i don't remember what i said on the podcast but uh because <laughs> uh, i've done a lot of them but uh, you can go and have a listen to that if you want to so uh those are the two those are my two big um pieces of news what did you want to talk about today uh, first off is kind of an upcoming Windows 10 update, which I would have to assume since Microsoft has been saying and implementing for quite a while that they kind of want a universal 
desktop for Windows and Xbox and everything else that this is going to come to Xbox at some point. Uh, their code name is Sun Valley Refresh, and it's said to be, quote, a re- reinvigorating update to the operating system. Um, really, this has only been confirmed from a job listing that has surfaced on Microsoft's career page for a senior software inter- engineer, which the key responsibility will be the opportunity to keep up with a bit. Can't talk today. The opportunity to build a delightful, polished and experience for Windows, as well as interfacing with hardware teams to build the essential platforms and infrastructure across our operating systems. And with phrases including open-ended exploration throughout the post, it's definitely looking like this is going to carry over between Windows 10 on a computer desktop and uh, Microsoft. Obviously, this is you know fairly early. I don't see this coming out this year just like maybe late 2021 uh which technically is this year i guess so uh but that just kind of caught my eye that they're hiring an engineer just for the desktop refresh and this isn't even a new ui or a new operating system this is just a a, you know a coat of paint Hmm. interesting um yeah i do like operating systems that like let's say you're investing in okay a phone from this company laptop the same tv maybe the same whatever uh like if you want to go with a bunch of apple devices and you have like a mac uh, an ipad an iphone apple tv or whatever and uh you can kind of sync things uh across your devices and that i do like that idea uh, saying that though i do have um a windows pc and then i've got an iphone so i guess that kind of breaks that a little bit but uh yeah um you know, it could be interesting across um, Xbox, or for, for me, interesting across Xbox and uh, Windows PC, because those are my two sort of Windows operating uh, devices. Because um, do they even do Windows phones anymore? I... No, those got no. discontinued about a year and a half ago, I want to say. Yeah. yeah. And I only know that because when my parents switched over from like the clamshell non-smart flip phones to a flip phones. <laughs> To a smartphone, rather. Yeah. I intentionally had them go to a Windows-based phone uh, because they're both senior citizens or close enough to that. And of the three platforms, that's the only one where you could resize the icons. And they weren't going to use okay. like apps or games or anything like that anyway. So I had them go to those phones to get used to the concept of smartphones. And then just made sure like the camera and... Um, the the phone dial and the contacts and the photos and things like that were giant huge squares so they could find them yeah because yeah. dad's 70 and mom just turned uh 76 so oh cool yeah um yeah you need that kind of support for uh say ed- elderly people the icons mm-hmm. are bigger and things um so yeah we'll see how all this goes um but yeah i, I find it interesting when it, any device that I've got that's got an operating system that kind of updates whether it's a switch playstation phone laptop whatever um just to see kind of new new features and things like that so especially when you got you know in the day and age that we're in we've got new consoles as well so we shall see um cool what else did you want to talk about today uh well in its bid to own the entire entire video game world epic has bought bink video maker and rad game tools uh, no, those are probably companies that you don't know off your top of your head, but they have been around for quite a long while. 
the Rad Game Tools was a development co- tools kit that has been around since 1988. According to its website, uh, they, that toolkit has appeared in more than 24,600 games to date and roughly 200 million user, end users to date. Um, Bink is a software and development tool as well. Uh, it's been used for in-game cinematics for the Diablo franchise since Diablo 1 and the MechWarrior franchise since MechWarrior 2. And both of those games go back to the mid-80s. Uh, no details on the dollar amount that was spent on those, but given that um, you know those are relatively not huge properties, I can't imagine those are too much. But it was also part of a deal to where Epic actually bought a mall. Yeah, they, they bought an enormous mall to convert into the company's new campus in uh, Cary Town Center which is almost 1 million square feet and 87 wow. acres. Um, <laughs> if you want to visualize that, visualize that, just think about an American football field. Okay. Then imagine 50 of them. Uh, actually, the article does state it here. That is in North Carolina. So Epic is buying pretty much everything. This article for the mall actually does list a purchase price, and that's $95 million. Apparently, they're going to turn it into like a Fortnite-featured Mega Mall. <laughs> That's cool. I mean, Fortnite's big enough, so uh-huh. yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just uh, as you were reading that out, I was thinking about Epic, and you said about um, what this will be able to do for them. Uh, didn't they do the um, Unreal Five engine reveal, or am I thinking of a different company? Like Sony, kind of. They sort of partner with Sony with it uh, or whatever. So, sort of a little bit. Uh, Epic's one of those games that they own kind of a bit of everything. After mm-hmm. uh, Fortnite busted out and became the mega, you know, omnipresent thing, they own a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. I pulled up their Wikipedia page. Their subsidiaries and divisions includes Three Lateral, Agog Labs, Chair Entertainment, Cloud G Cubic Motion, Epic Games companies develop in de- development companies in Berlin, China, Cologne, Germany, uh, Yokohama, Japan, Seoul, South Korea, Montreal, Canada, New Zealand, Seattle, Stockholm, UK, Hyperspence, Kamu, Life on Air, Psionics, Quixel, Rad Game Tools, which just happened, and then Super Awesome. Um, they're the ones that forced they they got exclusivity for a lot of games and forced them to renege on contracts for steam keys because if you remember we talked about that a while ago to where um division two you couldn't play it on steam if you had like pre-ordered it you were just given an epic key and uh, mech warrior 5 was another big one to where it was mech warrior 5 was actually a crowdfunded project and then after the crowdfunding, they got exclusivity for that. And they were like, hey, what about our Steam keys for our, us crowdfunding this? And they're like, oh, we'll just send you an Epic key. Hmm. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, from what I was trying to remember, the uh, Unreal 5 engine reveal, reveal, I'm sure that was done by Epic Games and then PlayStation like brought a portion of that or something something to do with that anyway um yeah. but what i was going to say is this is going to add interestingly to that um 
as well. So which could add something towards PlayStation, maybe? Uh, I'm just trying to sort of put all these pieces together and uh, kind of figure it out. So um, we will see. And again, if it is to do with, if this does kind of affect PlayStation, it could be interesting for PlayStation 5. But we will see how all that works out. So uh, what else did you want to talk about today? Uh, well, to, today started the virtual CES 2021. Mm-hmm. So um, some things have come out of it. Obviously, the uh, LucasArts revival and the uh, Indiana Jones games are part of it. Uh, one of the other things was that Sony released their CES 2021 presentation. Um, it's archived on YouTube. Uh, and you can also watch it on the Sony site. I haven't had a chance to do a full um, watch of it yet because it literally came out like 20 minutes before we recorded. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the big things is that we have a soft release date for Ghostwire Tokyo. Um, for those of you that remember, that was the one that made a big splash on Bethesda's screen on 2019 uh, with the uh, art director, whose name I can't remember, that came out all bubbly and bouncy and became like a meme for a hot minute. Yeah. And then ultimately and then she, she left. left. <laughs> I haven't been I haven't been able to find a real reason why. I vaguely just remember one of the gaming podcasts that I listened to talked about how she was pregnant, maybe. Um, and I don't know Japanese culture and Japanese, you know, impl- labor laws, so I don't know if that's common or not. Here in the states, it's very very illegal to fire somebody that's pregnant. You can actually get up to six months um, uh, maternity leave for that. And it might just be that she thought, okay, I'm pregnant. I'm not going to have the time to devote to this and then left, which is a possibility. But then, you know, why not come back or work from home or some sort of advisory role? But again, that's one of those things we're never going to know. But I definitely am interested in the game. Um, We've only gotten a couple of trailers on it and the two trailers don't really mesh well together in terms of what you think the game's actually going to be about. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more of it. Obviously, Bethesda and their parent company, Zenimax, are owned by Microsoft now. So what originally was going to be a PlayStation exclusive will be on Microsoft at some point. It just kind of depends on the contracts. My guess, and this is just strictly a wild-ass dark guess, my guess would be six months. Because hmm. then pretty much any like purchasing that you were going to get out of that game will have been done by then. Plus, when it comes out in October, six months is going to push push that past Christmas and the New Year's, which is another big game buying. So by then, a good chunk of anybody that would buy the game would have bought the game by now. So there's no real financial loss. And it, since it is owned by Microsoft, it's going to go straight to Game Pass. Yeah. Yeah, um, I I do think with all these Bethesda games, whether it's one that's already in development or the Indiana Jones one or whatever, whoops, um, I I don't. I mean, this might not make sense business wise, and I have no like you know uh, inner knowledge of Bethesda or Microsoft business, so I don't know if this would make sense. Um, I wouldn't release any of those games on PlayStation just because it would be a really good way to both push the sales of to say Xbox, whether it's Series X or whatever version of those you want to buy. Um, and it would also be a really good opportunity to just build those uh, Game Pass subscriptions. Um, yep. Whether that be for a different device or PC or whatever, just just get those subscriptions in. And if you do, even if it is six months or a year later, people, people that only have 
playstations will just wait because why would they then go out and subscribe to game pass or buy an xbox um and if you want to get those playstation gamers that really want to play those bethesda games like the indiana jones one or whatever um yeah you should just say like no these are these are only going to be on xbox and then it will just be a good way to to build your platform um that's just what i think in terms of i don't know if that makes like i said i don't know if that makes business sense but competition wise which is also important i think that makes uh a lot of sense so yep uh the woman's name is akumi nakamura i just pulled up her twitter page um nothing really video game specific a lot of anime like (laughs) a lot anime like like uh, a tweet she did on december 27th um a guy uh, called die kaiser amazing's twitter handle said is there anything us foreigners should know about how to survive a yokai attack and her response is one first get completely naked two slap wow. your own buttocks with both hands and roll your eyes back three climb up and down on the bed while, while repeating the cat out calling out bikuri and i'm not i'm not even going to try to pronounce the rest because a lot a lot of her tweets are in Japanese and I don't speak or read it at all. Okay. Um, but like I'm going through her Twitter feed and like 98% of it is either manga or anime on some level. Uh, so there, there's nothing video game related outside of a giant ass box she got from CD Projekt Red for Cyberpunk. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, nothing mentioning about you know kids or working or future projects or anything like that that i can see but uh she was really um personable and enjoyable at the 20 at the uh bethesda mm-hmm. um ces in 2019 she, she so made a good first impression certainly oh absolutely yeah yeah um i mean the one vibe you can kind of get from her positivity definitely absolutely 100 yeah. percent. which is echoing what we're doing at the moment month of positive critters uh which she won't be included in because she's a developer uh and the episode's already done anyway but um yeah positivity is always very good so uh what else did you want to talk about today uh well the last one here is kind of funny kind of a cheeky kind of a thing it's a free game that you can go to the website we talked about this on our pre-recording and i wanted to keep it kind of under the wraps just because mm-hmm. i wanted Robert an honest reaction <laughs> okay, there's an eccentric game out there by a developer by the name of Sean Oxbrain. Uh, so there's a very uh, low-key video game that you can download called Only Cans Thirst Date, where you lust after a variety of soda cans dressed up, dressed up in sexy lingerie. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is a thing now. <laughs> from cans from uh, soda brands such as Cherry Pop and Juicy Melons. Uh, the main music is kind of a boppy, sultry jazz piano theme, and you try to seduce soda cans. What? So How just when you thought, from? yeah, it's called Only Cans. Now, what co- thirst what, date? What country is this from? Uh, it doesn't say. To be honest, it could be from anywhere. Yeah, yeah. But just when you thought all the batshit crazy stuff was done with 2020, here comes 2021 saying surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i still think about sometimes not deliberately uh when we talked about the um kfc dating game mm-hmm. <laughs> that still comes across my mind now and again that that was a thing that we uh talked about what is it the, the, the dating 
sim. Yeah, it was a it was a KFC dating sim where you yeah. met a younger ish but still silver haired uh, KFC running his restaurant and you had to try to seduce him. Yeah. Yeah, there's some interesting games out there, definitely. Oh yeah, <laughs> but that just the sheer absurdity of that, I absolutely love. Mm. I have no interest in downloading it or playing it just because. Oh, no. no. Um, you know, it's it's a game that's you know half a meg in size, uh, well half a gig in size, so you got to figure it's pretty bare bones. Yeah. But I love just absurd shit like that, and it's absolutely hilarious. Mm-hmm. It is interesting in a way that like somebody did actually think of these types of ideas like that is actually an idea in in someone's head have you so. ever heard the rule the rule thir- again i cannot talk today rule 34 of the internet no i might have might have forgotten it what is it yeah rule 34 is that if something exists somewhere on the internet a porn version of it exists probably yeah so is that i've seen like the basic stuff on just like some weird slash fiction mm. it's actually been referenced in a couple of tv shows that i've watched mm-hmm. the world wide web what a place um cool you said that was the last thing that you got yeah that's the last thing i had cool all right let's move on to the email that we got for this week if you would like to send in your thoughts feelings questions comments or perhaps concerns about video games or anything related to entertainment talk matthew at entertainmenttalk.org Twitter eTalkUK, there's a contact page and information in your show notes, so get involved. Harrison returns, says, hey lads, and happy new year. I hope Christmas has treated you well and you're both ready for 2021. I won't ask the usual question of the most anticipated game of the year. Uh, what is uh, the next game you have interest in but don't think will be good? Cheers for all the entertainment. You are very welcome and thank you for continuing to listen. Thank you to everybody for, for continuing to listen. And support us as well. Uh, I did talk about a lot of that on the uh, the chat podcast. How last year went and all that sort of thing. But uh, thank you as always. Um, it's a game that we're kind of looking forward to. But we, we, we think will be good. So sort of like. Not not one that we're raging with anticipation with. Not one that we're sort of not looking forward to. Um, for me there's been two. There's been two games that have been on my mind. And I think these games have got the objective of. How can we evolve from what we've done in the first game? Those two games are God of War, Ragnarok, and Horizon uh, Forbi- uh, Forbidden West. I think that's what it's supposed to be called, isn't it? Uh, Horizon Forbidden West. The two sequels to the two big PlayStation games from recent memory. Uh, God of War The Revival and Horizon Zero Dawn, the new IP with the sequel uh, Forbidden West. I would like both of those games to look at... Okay, what did we do in our first game? What worked really well? And try not to just... Okay, here's that same thing again, but with the next part of the story. I want those two games to look at... How can we take the fundamental ideas of the specifics of our gameplay... And literally evolve them? Um, So like, Kratos' axe, could you do something to that? Um, Aloy's bow and arrows, can you give her new arrows? Could you give her a new gadget, but not a gadget that... A gadget that fits in well with the gameplay, or maybe a, a gadget that complements the bow and arrow, or a new type of dinosaur robot for her to face. Did those have a name, those enemies? They're sort of just robot dinosaurs. Um, I'm sure they all had names, but I couldn't think of them off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah. They, they look like robot dinosaurs. So, uh, could you have a new one of those that you need to fight in a different way? Um, that was one of the things that was interesting about... Um, 
uh, what's it called? Frozen Worlds, the DLC, is like you was fighting these ice versions of uh, these, these robots and you were in icy locations and that was kind of a little bit different and interesting. Um, but I think those games have got an interesting task, not necessarily a difficult task because I think that they will do it very well, but um, I don't want either of those games to just come out and say, okay, here's what you loved, it's exactly the same, here's the next part of the story, there you go. Because um, I think when you're looking at those like big AAA first party games which have got to be ambitious i mean every game should try to be ambitious but there's more riding on a game that's first party in triple a um and third party in triple a but also with first party in triple a games um i would just want those games to look at yeah how how can we just improve on what we've got and not just yeah and make it better so um is there any games that fall into that category for you it's a very specific type of category but Anything? Yeah, I mean, after Cyberpunk 2077, I'm I'm really trying to downplay my anticipation because that mm-hmm. was kind of not a great experience. Uh, the two that I'm expect that I'm always going to keep my an eye on and kind of see are Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo, mm-hmm. uh, both because they're brand new IPs, and you can never never really know what to expect out of a brand new IP. Uh, second, because they're both from Bethesda, which up until Fallout 76 was one of my top five favorite uh, production companies. Um, so those are both chances to not, you know, completely amend their their reputation, but it's definitely a chance to get off on a on a better foot. Mm. And also because these were initially and at launch are going to be PlayStation exclusive exclusives until they get ported over to the uh, PS until the Xbox franchise. And they're both probably almost guaranteed to be part of X, you know, Xbox game pass, uh, which I have until the, almost the end of 2023. So I'll definitely have a chance to play both of those at some point without actually having to buy them, which is definitely a plus. Um, Ghostwire, like we talked about earlier, is probably going to come out in October Deathloop, I want to say, is April. Hang on, let me double check that. I think that's definitely this year. It should be this year, yeah. It's Elder Scrolls and uh, uh, stuff. According to the internet, May 21st this year. Okay. So see. Now, that's just going to be on, on PS5 and PS4, I would have to assume. Uh, when it makes it over to Xbox, don't know, but uh, prob- yeah. maybe, hmm. maybe by the end of the year, possibly. Maybe, maybe. We'll see. Um, Bethesda's an interesting one to bring up. I know that you mentioned games within Bethesda, but uh, Bethesda's one that needs to look at... Okay, we've got the support on Microsoft. That's great. They spent a lot of money to do it. Um, How can we both recover as a studio and push ourselves forward um, as well? So we'll see how that goes. But uh, thanks for the question, Harrison. And uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. Um, but yeah, for me, my most anticipated games, I'm just going to, like, n- in no particular order, uh, Hogwarts Legacy, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, uh, Oddworld Soulstorm, which looks crazy and just awesome. And, oh, damn, I forgot the other one. Wait, Oddworld Soulstorm, Hogwarts Legacy... Ratchet and Clank, and my, my my brain's letting me down. I can't think of what the other one was. But uh, there was four games. Those are the games that I'm sort of um, looking forward to at the moment. Oh, Little Nightmares. That was it. That was the other one. Uh, that's out in February. So I'm looking forward to Hitman 3 as well, which I think is supposed to be this month. But yeah, it's to me January. That, 
yeah to me that's just gonna be a bit of a sort of okay let's go through hitman again and then hitman, hitman 3 is new missions uh in vr i'm very curious to see how they pull off the vr experience for that as well especially with a stealth assassination game um that can be a little bit tricky perhaps in vr so um but we shall see uh what about you any anticipated games for this year uh, off the top of my head, no, outside of the ones we talked about earlier for Ghostwire and Deathloop. Um, I really haven't been paying that much attention to what games are coming out this year, just because with COVID and until COVID at least becomes like a back burner kind of a thing, you really can't guarantee on development schedules. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, it's interesting with PlayStation because you've got Ratchet and Clank. Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, Soulstorm's not an exclusive. Harry Potter isn't. If you come out with Horizon and Ratchet and Clank in 2021, you don't really need God of War this year. Um, I mean, it will make the year even better for PlayStation, but maybe you could save that for 2022. And then Spider-Man 2, if that's what they're going to call the actual sequel. Um, could come out that year. I don't know, so we'll see. Uh, just don't know if they necessarily because they they'd slap the 2021 date on Ragnarok. First of all, I don't know if that's gonna actually make that, and I don't know if they need that game this year. But we shall see. So yeah, the Spider-Man sequel I'm kind of curious about, just mm-hmm. in the sense of the mo-capping for the Peter Parker character. That mm-hmm. becomes a controversy as well for two as it did when they did the remaster for Miles Morales. Yeah, yeah. Have you played Miles yet? No, honestly, I I liked Spider-Man. It was a good game, but it didn't grab me so much that I felt the need to continue it with the uh, Miles Morales character. I mean, hell, I never got around to playing either of the DLCs or finish any of the collectible stuff. Hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, that's what we've got for you for this episode of our gaming podcast. Hope everybody is doing as well as they can in these situations. And in these, uh, let's call them interesting times that we're in, <laughs> certainly. Um, but I uh, hope you're all taking care of yourself, hope you're all doing well, and uh, hopefully, uh, just as Harrison said, hopefully we can all entertain you in some way, shape, or form uh, as the year goes on. Uh, keep your eyes out on entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, I don't know when I'm going to be doing the first proper episode of The World of the Last of Us, but uh, um, just a kind of little update on that. I have ideas of what episodes to do, I just don't know which one to do first. So once I figure that out and uh, record something, I will... Uh, well, you'll see it pop up in your feeds and on the website. So keep your eyes out for that. EntertainmentTalk.org for TV, video game, films, and Manchester United. Three points clear at the top of the Premier League. Good stuff. Uh, so look out for all that as well. If you like what you've heard today and you want to support more of it, that would be brilliant. Uh, there's a few different options for you. Patreon, we're on there. The $1, $3 level tiers for ad-free podcast and review options. Uh, word of mouth, you can simply just tell people that you know about the website and the iTunes feed, the podcast services and all that. Uh, just tell them where to go to find it, entertainmenttalk.org. You can also do that pretty much the same way on social media. Share it around Facebook, Twitter, different Facebook groups, or whatever you use these days. If you want your up-to-date, reliable TV and film news, which I'm assuming that you do, uh, David's got you covered over on geektown.co.uk and Geektown Radio. Uh, Geektown Radio episodes released on Tuesdays. There is a new episode available to be listened to right now so check that out when you have the chance to do so uh speaking of bex month for positive creators episode uh you can find her streaming almost daily uh, pretty much daily over on twitch trista bites trista 
B-Y-T-E-S. So go and follow her for all that good stuff over there. Uh, you can follow me on Twitch as well. E-Talk UK streaming various different games. Uh, I tried really hard the other day to stream Bloodborne. But it kept cutting out. So uh, apologies for that. I had a big session set up for it. And I was going to play it for an hour or so. And uh, the, the game was going fine. But uh, Twitch wasn't. So sometimes that can happen. But nonetheless please follow me on Twitch. E-Talk UK as well for all of that uh and that's it thank you very much for listening and we will see you next time goodbye goodbye